Welcome to episode four of the Stop to Think podcast. This is Chandler once again. And for episode four, I thought we'd transition a little bit from the ethics to something that's slightly related, but not really. The topic of today's episode is going to be sometimes helping is hurting. It's kind of one of those things that it usually takes you a long time to learn in life, but it's actually kind of difficult to help people. And what I mean by that is parenting is actually the best example I can think of off the top of my head is it's one of those situations in which like as a parent, you're trying to basically raise your children, right? And you're trying to, well, I guess that's a good question. What are you trying to do when you're being a parent? A good parent, mind you. For every parent, it's probably different. But when I think about parenting, I think that ultimately the goals of parenting are to love your children. That's the biggest and probably the most important. But as a component of that, how do you show your children that you're loving them? Or how, how do you, how, what's the best way to raise a child? Well, ultimately, I think, oh, there it is, ultimately again. I think that um, when you're uh, raising your, raising children, your goal is to pretty much prepare them for life. Like the best gift you can give your child as a parent is to get them so ready for the real world that they have like a seamless integration into society. They don't have though that period of struggling as they try and learn how things are in the real world. Basically, you accomplish so much in their training wheel period that uh, from zero to 18 section of life, that by the time they get out into a, the actual real world to being an adult, they're so overprepared for it that it's a piece of cake. In other words, it's kind of like um, training for a marathon by like running ultra marathons. So if you're used to running 100 miles, running 26 is going to be a heck of a lot more feasible for you than say that guy who like hasn't ran a mile since high school 10 years ago. So yeah, as a parent, I think overall your goal is to love your child and to do that, you need to successfully prepare them for the real world. You need to get them responsible for themselves and you need to get them into a place where they're ready to go out into the world and make something of themselves. And in this process of preparing your child, I think a lot of parents make this mistake of basically by trying to help their children, by trying to help them grow up, basically, they end up hurting them. And what I mean by that is kind of like seen again in that um, example of the running thing. How do you help someone run a marathon? Well, that's kind of a good question. Obviously, you can't run it for them. But you can encourage them to a certain extent. You can try and encourage them to do it. You can maybe run it with them. But beyond that, 
there isn't really anything you as an individual can do to help someone in a marathon through your own direct effort. Like you cannot run it for them. They have to be the ones doing it. And I think a lot of parents kind of miss the mark on that because a lot of them think that they're helping their kids run these marathons by running it themselves when in reality they're just disabling their kids pretty much. So sometimes helping is hurting. What does that mean? That means that what you think would be helping someone isn't actually going to help them. So parenting again, in the case of kids, like let's say, you know, little Timmy comes home from school and has problems with his homework. Well, a lot of parents might just do the homework for their kid, you know, because that's by far going to be the most expedient way to deal with the problem because teaching is kind of hard. And most people don't realize that because most people haven't been in a situation where they had to teach someone. Well, maybe not most, but a lot of people have never had to teach someone. So if you're a parent and you have no teaching experience, it's a lot easier to sometimes just do your kids' homework than it is to actually teach them how to do it themselves. And what you're ultimately doing when you do that is you're depriving your kid that experience of doing the homework and thus the learning that comes with it. And as a result, they're going to be all the poorer for it. And this applies to the full spectrum of parenting. Any case in which a parent kind of goes out of their way to basically try and spare their child from some form of life suffering usually comes back to bite them in the butt. In other words, when you're sugarcoating everything, you're just going to give your kid diabetes. That's pretty much what it comes down to because physical activity keeps coming back to my mind as being the best example. And that's largely because there were so many helicopter parents back when I was in uh, high school sports. All these people are trying to like push their kids and push the coaches to push the kids and do all this stuff for the kids. But at the end of the day, when it comes to children, they got to decide to do it themselves. They got to decide to put the effort into sports. They got to decide to put the effort in school. You can't do it for them. And a lot of parents don't really get that message. And as a result, when they try and do it for them, all they do is basically make their kids incapable because the kids aren't getting the experience of doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not the ones doing their own homework. They're not the ones doing their own projects. They're not the ones scheduling their own doctor appointments. All this stuff, they're going to have to learn how to do eventually, or they're just not going to do it. And they're going to suffer for it if they choose not to do it later on in life. So you might think that the example stops with parenting, but it really goes a lot further than that. It actually applies to every aspect of life. If you want to move it from parents to like your your relationships with your friends, it's pretty clear that um, it applies there too. An example that comes to mind is like, you know, trying to get someone to change their life kind of like, once again, channeling the exercise angle. If you have a friend who is overweight and you try and help them lose weight, 
you're most likely just going to piss them off. Because once again, aside from encouraging them, if you, you can't lose the weight for them, that's impossible. So all you can really do is like try and force them to lose the weight by like dragging them to stuff to get exercise and like trying to control what they're eating and that kind of stuff. And that's just going to foster resentment because no one likes being made to run by someone who's making them run. And even fewer people like it when people try and make them eat salads or restrict their calories. That's just a combination for a grumpy disaster. Same kind of goes for, you know, if you're trying to help a friend with a smoking problem or alcohol problem, or like, heck, even in college, like if you're um, in class with people and, you know, your friends are asking for like help with homework, if you help them by teaching them, you're actually helping them. But if you help them by giving them the answers, then you're just hurting them in the long run because they're also ultimately they're they're missing out on their um the learning and the education that they're paying for in college because they're not getting the experience themselves. And then if you take that one step up from like you know individual interactions to like societal interactions it becomes even more interesting because you kind of get into economics at that point. Before we descend into economics, I just want to give one more example. Let's say that you have a kid and every time that kid needs to do his laundry, you do it for him. Well, eventually when that kid graduates and goes off to college, he's not going to know how to do his laundry and he's going to have to figure it out. And that may or may not go well, or he just may not try and figure it out. And he's going to have a mountain of dirty clothes that's going to stink and make his dorm room a disaster, which is pretty typical of dorm rooms. So as the parent of this kid, did you actually love your child by doing laundry for him? You might think you did because you were serving your child and, you know, being nice and doing laundry. But in reality, you're helping your, your love, your affection, you're showing, you know, caring through doing the laundry for him hurt the kid in the long run because now he smells great example. Great analogy. I know. Thanks. I appreciate it. Seriously though, the same goes for like, pretty much anything that kids can learn. And the best example actually that's coming to mind right now is finances. A lot of parents don't talk finances with their kids. They don't discuss any of this stuff with their kids. And the end result is that kids get to the real world and the parents think that they did them the favor of you like, you know, oh yeah, we took care of like, you know, all the food, didn't have to pay rent didn't have to got everything you want. We bought it for you, et cetera, et cetera. And the kid gets into the real world and they have absolutely no financial skills. They don't know how to budget. They don't know how to manage their money. And they're basically on a one way trip into like massive debt, especially if they're going through college, because that's already debt land the way it is. So yeah, if your parents are going to start you off and like completely drop the ball on the finance thing, 
you are in for an uphill battle because they may have thought that they were doing you a favor by taking care of all that stuff for you. But in reality, they just set you up for failure because now you got to learn it on the fly as an adult when your finances are going to count against you instead of learning it as a kid when you basically had the opportunity to be cushioned and protected by your parents if anything financial disaster like happened to you. But anyway, so personal level aside, if you take this same idea and apply it to groups, we kind of enter economics land, but it's really interesting when you start to think about it. So let's say you have a group of people, right? And let's say that the uh, government decides that, you know, we're going to give this group of people $1,000 every month. But we're not going to do that for anyone else. Okay. So what happens? Well, now this individual group of people, they're getting $1,000 every month. And no one else is getting that $1,000 in the society. And over time, what you'll see is that these people will probably end up making bad choices with that $1,000 because it doesn't necessarily have the same value to them as $1,000 that they would have earned. If you have to put in time and effort to earn your money, you tend to treasure it a lot more than if it's just given to you because it represents to you blood, sweat, and tears that were associated with the earning of it. In the cases of where you get handouts like that, you're basically just given this windfall that you can spend on whatever you want without working. And then what happens is when you spend that on stuff, you're probably not going to use it for as prudent or as wise of things as you would of your own money. So it wouldn't surprise me to see that group start spending their $1,000 of bonus money on like, you know, consumer goods, stuff that's not going to benefit them in the long run at all. Taken one step further, what if at some point the government then cuts these people off from their $1,000? Well, all of a sudden, they're all $1,000 a month poorer, and they got to go out and basically find either a way to make a thousand extra dollars a month or their cost of living there, their lifestyle is going to take a major hit. And that's going to be traumatic. So basically what you've gone and done is you've made this group of people dependent on the government for those thousand dollars for eternity, because if you take them off the system and they don't get that money anymore, then they're going to be hurting and they're going to have a really rough period of time where they're either going to have to adapt or they're going to crumble and fall apart. Same notion applies to pretty much anything else almost. So like take housing, for instance, let's say that you're going to rent control the housing. So now it's, you know, going to cost, say, 400 bucks a month indefinitely for the tenants who are living there. Well, what happens when those tenants want to move? They're used to only paying 400 bucks a month, even though the place they're living in will say is worth more than that. If they want to move out of that place, they're going to have to actually pay the real rate, the market rates of where they want to move. And so then they no longer have the, um, 
the cushion that the government's been providing them. And so they basically have to take a cost of living hit if they move somewhere else. And so in a sense, they're now trapped in the uh, subsidized housing, the rent controlled housing, because it would be way more expensive for them to move anywhere else. And there's other things I could say about rent control housing and that kind of stuff, but we're going to stray away from that for the sake of maintaining our topic here. But the same thing goes for like, what if you're a college and you decide to let a certain group of people in for like, you know, different reasons than the other groups. So what if you're a college and you're going to let this one group of people will say that they're people who are descendant from former alumni who are part of the Gopher Appreciation Club, right? So your Gopher Appreciation Club alumni kids are allowed to attend college with a lower test score than everyone else who has to attend college. Obviously, if these kids can get into your college, which we'll say is a prestigious college with a lower test score compared to other colleges, they're going to try and get in your college. And so once they do that, you now have these kids who can't make the regular cut competing with kids who can make the regular cut in college. They're in classes with kids who made the regular cut, even though they're below the cut. And they're comparing themselves to kids who made the regular cut, even though they're below the cut. Well, what's going to happen? They're going to feel like they're scrubs. They're going to feel like they're unsuccessful and like they have no chance in college because the kids that they're comparing themselves to are to the regular standard, whereas they're below standard. And so ultimately, even though you were doing these kids a favor, even though you were trying to help them, you did them a pretty major disservice. Because now they're basically being put between a rock and a hard place. They think that because you accepted them that they're good enough to attend the college. And I'm not talking about being morally good. I'm talking about nothing more than test scores at this point. So let's say like your cut at your college is like uh, 1500 on your SAT. I think they go up to 1600. I don't actually know. I never took the SAT. I have no idea what it goes to. I thought it was 1600, but I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Either way, we'll say that your uh, college student gets like your cut rates is like 1500. And for this particular group of gopher appreciation folks, you let them in at 1200. So now you have your 1200 gopher appreciation folks competing with 1500 folks who got in the normal way. And anytime they're in class where there's like class rankings or the class is curved to basically challenge the 1500 grade folks or the 1500 score folks, your 1200 folks, your gopher folks are just going to get completely wiped out. They're going to be at the bottom of the class, even though if they were to go, if they would have gone to a different school that, you know, was cutting at an appropriate rate, they probably would have been at the top of their class. And so basically the point of this example is that by giving these people a handout in the first case, by rent controlling in the second case, and by lowering your admission requirements in the third case, all of these cases, you're trying to help these people, but all you're doing is hurting them because you're ultimately depriving them of basically 
the personal growth and the personal level of competence that is required to achieve what they're trying to achieve. So what are the ramifications of this? The ramifications are a bunch of weak people, basically, because that's what you're going to get if you're trying to shelter people in life. If you're trying to shelter your kids, you're going to get kids who aren't prepared for the real world. If you try and shelter your friends, you're going to get people who basically have coping problems. If you try and shelter whole entire groups of people, you're going to get people who are ill capable of coping with the real world. And that's kind of the consequence that comes out of like a college situation where you're using affirmative action or something like that. Anytime you deviate from a system that is based on competency, anytime you start taking in special considerations, all that fun stuff, you run the risk of basically putting people who are not competent. And I'm not saying competency is anyway like morally good and that's kind of like another problem we have with our society actually is we seem to associate competence with being a good person so like if you're successful if you have millions of dollars if you're competent at your job you're a good person when in reality we should really prize character and those kind of traits that actually make you a good person far over like traits of being competent for or having a lot of money for who makes someone a valuable person. But that aside, we don't want to get in the weeds with that. If you're going to basically be helping someone, giving them a handout, making it easier for them, you have to be there doing that for the whole entire duration of their life. Because if you aren't, if you take away your support, that person is then suddenly going to have to compete with a situation that they weren't prepared for. They're going to be in the real world then at that point. They're going to be in the real situation. And they're going to have to basically have their crap together when the difficulty goes from easy to hard all of a sudden because you took their support away. So tying all this together, what does this mean for you? Well, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for anyone? It means that if you truly want to help someone, if you truly want to make a positive impact on someone's life, if you truly want to help a group of people, you have to think carefully. You have to stop to think about your intentions and what you're hoping to accomplish. And you have to act in accordance with things that are actually going to bring about those results. So, a drill sergeant in the army is a good example. Everyone knows the stereotype that drill sergeants are complete assholes, right? I think we're all pretty clear on that at this point. And everyone has seen that in at least 100 movies, I'm sure. Why are drill sergeants assholes? Why, why do they treat people like this? Well, a person can come up with a lot of reasons, but... The one that I've always kind of operated with or the one that I was kind of initially explained was basically that drill sergeants break their recruits down because 
if they if basic training if training is harder than what's gonna what they're gonna experience in the field they're prepared for it if you trained it's once again like the marathon if you're training for 50 miles and you only have to run 26 you're over prepared and the 26 will be easy and that's kind of how it has to work with parenting and with when you're helping with friends and with groups of people if you want to make someone great if you want to invest in someone if you want to make someone if you want to help someone the best way to do it is basically by putting them in the situation that is as close to what they're going to be dealing with as possible anything less and you're not going to be preparing them well enough anything more and you're going to be over preparing them so ideally with kids like if you're if you're going to be um trying to parent what you should really be doing is basically raising your kids for exactly what the real world's going to expect from them you're going to teach them problem solving by example by problem solving yourself and hoping they pick it up and you're going to try and have them problem solve yourself you're going to have them make their own beds do their own laundry wash their own dishes uh do their own finances make a budget you have them do it themselves and that's how you basically help someone anything else any other case where you're doing it for them you're ultimately just hurting them you're disabling them and you're not doing them any good in the long run now yeah sure if you want to just be nice it's okay to that one random time to do your kids laundry or that one random time to get your friend a special drink from the bar or something like that but for the most part you should promote people being self-sufficient relying on their self doing their own stuff and I think that that applies to like the whole spectrum of society, because if you don't, you're going to end up basically just making them dependent. And if they're dependent, they can't really take care of themselves by nature. I mean, opposite of dependence is independence. Opposite of independence is being dependent. So really it goes back to that age old adage. If you teach a man to fish, feed him for life. If you give a man a fish, well, he has lunch. I said that backwards, but you get the idea. So that's pretty much the point here with this episode. If you're looking to help someone, you're going to have to be thoughtful about it and you're going to have to try and push them to basically find their way through the situation themselves. So if you're trying to teach someone like calculus or something like that, best way to help them have them do calculus, help them do calculus, show them how to do calculus, but make sure that they're the ones doing the calculus. Trying to help someone lose weight, lose weight with them, encourage them, be there, support them. But ultimately, they're the ones who are going to have to get up off the couch and do the running. If you're trying to make a whole entire people group successful, then you're seriously, you're, you might be better off like taking the opposite approach and holding them to higher standards. That's probably like one of the best ways actually to improve large groups of people is holding them to higher standards than the rest of the population, because you kind of end up with a natural selection effect at that point. The people who aren't up to standards kind of drift off and disappear. And the ones who are, are the ones who are in the public light. But beyond that, 
it's probably just a matter of personal responsibility. At the end of the day, you and you alone are the only person who can really affect change in your life. If you're not going to participate with the change, you can't really be changed. No one can change you. And it's the exact same with everyone else you might try and help. You can't change other people. They have to choose to change themselves. And so that's kind of the whole entire crux of the issue. If you're not careful, your good intention help just might end up hurting someone. But if you are careful, your intentional, what seems like hurting, aka forcing someone to be responsible for themselves, forcing someone to be independent, forcing someone to do stuff that is going to build them up, even though that seems like it might be mean, you're actually going to be doing them a lot of good in the long run. But anyway, that's all we got for this episode. So I hope you guys enjoyed and uh, hope you have a good rest of your day. And that's all I got. Thanks for listening. And this is episode four of Stop to Think with Chandler.